Hey, what's going on, guys? What's going on? I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. <clears throat> I'm going to say welcome, welcome, welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about reparations. Uh, there is a professor by the name of William Darity, uh, who is at Duke University, and apparently Darity got a chance to go on Dr. Phil, and he basically told Dr. Phil the truth about rep reparations and the fact that black people are owed $14 trillion. So I got to break this down. I got to dive into this because I think this is such an important conversation. So get comfortable, buck up seatbelt. We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees, triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn it to intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Boyce TV. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. I want to say hello to everybody. I hope you guys can hear me okay. Give me a yes in the chat if you can hear me all right. And also shout out the city that you're from. Uh, that way I know uh, where, where you all are coming in from. <clears throat> and if I see your city, I'm going to shout you back. So uh, anyway, so today I wanted to talk about something that I saw that I thought was really worth discussing. Uh, there was a uh, professor by the name of William Darity. And I've known about Darity for a while. He's at Duke University. He's good at what he does. He's an economist, and I like the guy. And he went on Dr. Phil and had what I consider to be one of the most important conversations uh, that can happen in the Black community right now. He went on and he talked about reparations. And he not only went on and talked about reparations, but he actually told the truth. And uh, and I really think that uh, I'm going to start off by just saying I applaud what he did. I think it's great. Um, I think that this is moving the needle forward. Uh, because remember, we went from a few years ago where reparations conversations were very marginalized, where they weren't really being heard. Uh, you have a lot of fake black leadership that uh, that claim to have the power and control of the black community, but really they, they're just sort of talking heads that are hired by white people to uh, spew the talking points of the Democratic Party. <clears throat> well, one of the things that, that has been getting on their nerves, one of the things that's been driving them crazy is that they, they can't control us anymore. They can't tell us what to do anymore. They can't act like we don't exist anymore. And uh, one of the things that, that you guys have been talking about for many years, that Dr. Claude Anderson has been talking about for 30 years, 30 years, he's been talking about this, writing about this in books like Poweronomics. Uh, he wrote about it in books like Black Labor, White Wealth. He wrote about it in books like The Black History Reader. He wrote about it in books like Dirty Little Secrets. All this is at Poweronomics.com. And he talked about reparations. And uh, the reparations debate is one of the more frustrating debates that uh, is occurring politically because it's it's kind of a no duh. In fact, I would ask you guys right now, um, if somebody stole your parents' money and uh, and you were born without an inheritance because somebody stole your parents' money, uh, give me a yes or no. Do you think that you have a claim to those resources that were stolen from your family? Give me a yes in the chat uh, if you agree that when something is stolen from you, it should be returned. How many of you uh, agree or disagree? If you disagree, that's okay. You can disagree. Uh, I'd be curious to know what you think. Uh, because uh, I, I can tell you 
that this conversation on reparations is a frustrating conversation because it is such a dumb conversation on a certain level. It's dumb in the fact that you have many people who claim to be your allies. You have many people who claim to be your friends, people who claim to represent your interests politically, who won't even have this conversation. So uh, the reason I took the time is some of y'all probably wonder why I'm live. I'm, I, if, you're, if you're listening to this live, you're, you're looking at the clock. The clock says that it's after midnight. I don't give a damn. You know, uh, uh, black power never sleeps. Black intelligence uh, doesn't need to rest. Uh, the, the mission never stops. Right. So uh, I'm going to get my sleep. I'm gonna, I get plenty of sleep. I take one, sometimes two naps a day. So so don't worry. I know some of y'all wonder, like, do you ever sleep? Yeah, I sleep a lot. I probably sleep more than almost everybody in here because sleep helps your brain. But when it's time to have the conversation, you got to have the damn conversation. When it's time to make a move, you got to make the move. When it's when it's time to go, you can't operate within somebody's box. You got to make things happen. So I said, you know, what? I saw what this brother was doing. I saw what Sandy Darity did on the Dr. Phil show. I did not watch the show, but I read an article about it. I'm going to pull this article up in a second. And I said, I need to talk to people about this right now. Everybody else who's sleeping, that's okay. You can catch it in the morning. Uh, by the way, this podcast is also on Spotify. If you look up the Dr. Boyce breakdown on Spotify, you're going to hear me on there. It's sometimes two or three times a day because these are conversations that need to occur. These are things where you got to keep pushing the needle forward. I'll give you another example. Uh, the NCAA conversation, 25 years, 30 years ago, really now, I guess almost 30 years ago. In 1995, I was writing articles on the University of Kentucky campus explaining why it makes no sense that college athletes are not paid. Uh, I was writing articles on that campus that were pissing people off. And I said, it makes no sense to me why uh, you don't understand the racial theft that is occurring when I'm at the University of Kentucky, where all your professors are white, all your administrators are white, all the financial benefactors, the, the, the beneficiaries of sports are white, but the athletes who are making the money are black. And so, uh, and I, I pissed them off. I scared the hell out of them because I was smarter than they were. I was working on my PhD in finance at the time. Uh, also, I was a black man and I was an educator. I was teaching on that campus. And uh, they, and I, I could tell them specific stories about how you don't, weren't just stealing the money from these families, but you're stealing their educational experience. They can't be students because they're so busy being professional athletes but not being paid like professionals. Well, let me tell you, uh, and this relates to the reparations conversation because it's all connected. It's all connected. This is all about wealth. Y'all know this is what I do. And the thing about the wealth conversation you must understand is that you are part of a massive cosmic economic murder mystery. You are part of a, a big mystery, a big Sherlock Holmes type situation in the black community because the money's gone and you're trying to figure out who took it. Where did it go? You know, you're trying to figure out why uh, after 50, 60 years after the civil rights movement, why your wealth is still going down. If your wealth is going down 50, 60 years after the civil rights movement, you cannot call that movement a success. Let me say that again. If your wealth is going down 60 years after the civil rights movement, how in the hell can you call that a success? That is not a success. Maybe it's a success in some other way. I have no idea what criteria you're using, but when your kids are being educated, your families are, are, are worse off than ever. You got mobs of kids in Chicago going downtown, beating up white people and mob and, and, and looting Walmarts and stuff, all kinds of chaos happening, and your wealth is going down. How in the hell do you define, define that as a win? That is the biggest game of political trickery I've ever seen in my life. So, so this NCAA conversation, I wasn't the first one to have it, but I said, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep driving this sucker till the wheels fall off. Well, guess what? 25 years later, we actually have athletes being paid. So that's why you got to have the conversation. 
even if you think nobody's listening, even if you think the world ain't ready for it, even if you're ahead of your time, it's okay. Intelligent black people, you're probably about 50 years ahead of your time. There are ideas that you will hear in this space, ideas you will share with each other that people will not understand or accept or acknowledge or listen to until the year 2080. But you got to have the conversation. Do you understand? Give me a yes if you get what I'm saying. All right, so let's keep going. So hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up button. So this brother, Sandy Darity, goes on uh, Dr. Phil. And uh, and again, I don't know Sandy, never met him, but I like him. He's he's a nice guy and uh, or he's a smart guy. Anyway, he does good work. And uh, and he basically uh, was was debating with these folks uh, about reparations. And I'm actually pull up uh, this article. I have this article that's on my computer. Give me one second. Hit the thumbs up while I do that. Uh, there is. OK, let me see if I can do this right. All right, boys, don't mess it up. Don't hit the wrong buttons, boys. Let's see here. OK, that ain't the right button. No, that ain't that ain't it. That ain't it. All right. Let me see. Cause I, I had this article up. I, I promise you I did. It, it, <laughs> I'm not making it up. All right, here we go. I'm gonna I'm just grab the link and put it on uh, Google Chrome because I, I want to read some of this to you and causes. And, and I think it's important to talk about it because I, I want to express support for what he did. I, I really like it. You know, I'm really happy that uh he was able to uh make this into more of a mainstream conversation. Uh, there, because there are people that want to keep this conversation on the sidelines. Uh, even um, Julianne Malvo came on this platform. Julianne Malvo, smart black woman, she has a PhD in economics from MIT. So if you want to talk about economics for the black community, Julianne Malvo should be among the first people uh, that you listen to. Well, Julianne Malvo interviewed Barack Obama a few years ago that when she brought up the word reparations, Obama immediately ended the interview. She said that when he heard the word reparations, he said he, according to Julianne, he said that Obama was like, what is this? Who, 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 who agreed to this interview? The interview's over. Right. And, and that told me that there's a mandate. I don't know where, who this guy is on this page. I wish I could get, get this ad off of here. All right, there we go. Um, and, and so, so the, I think that black Democrats, I think that black leaders are not allowed to use the word reparations. I mean, seriously, I mean, to really show you what kind of slaves they are, you know, the, I'm talking about these CNN paid Negroes and these, uh, you know, these democratic party officials that are black. They're not, I don't think they're allowed to even bring up reparations because it's such a, uh, it's such a, an obvious issue, but yet so divisive because black people are starting to demand what we actually deserve. And so uh, so Julianne's story was really, I think, a great case in point on that. So here's where it says. Uh, it says Duke University professor William Darity uh, spoke on a Tuesday episode of Dr. Phil about his plan to give reparations to black Americans, descendants of slaves. Darity, who co-authored the book From Here to Equality, Reparations for Black Americans in the 21st Century, made the case for such a program by offering some theories on how it would be accomplished. He said, quote, the first condition is that reparations should be paid to black Americans whose ancestors were enslaved in the United States. He said, the second is how much should be paid. That amount should be dictated by the disparity in wealth between black and white Americans, which at the current moment exceeds uh, to in excess to $840,000 per household. Holy crap. <laughs> Think about, imagine, let's take a moment and imagine what you would do if you suddenly had an extra $840,000, how much would that change your life? How differently would you have made your decisions if you had that $840,000 that your ancestors left for you? They left money for you on the kitchen table and somebody stole it. How many of you, how much would that have changed your life? What would, what difference would that have made for you if, if you'd had, you know, even, even a, a third of that, a fourth of that, even a quarter million, an extra quarter million that, that you could access when you were in your 20s? I know it would have made a big difference for me. Um, I know I had people in my family that um, I had a great, great grandfather who was lynched. 
uh, after he uh, stood up to a white man who said something disrespectful about his wife uh, in Alabama. I found this out through ancestry research. Um, I had another great, great grandparent who um, was uh, basically an entrepreneur who had businesses and they killed him and took his businesses. Right. And, uh, and this happened in my family. Right. So there's thousands of other families where these things occurred. Uh, there are thousands of other people where uh, you know, your ancestors, they they weren't lazy. They worked just as hard as you do. In fact, some would say they worked harder than, than we do. And they, they got land, <clears throat> they acquired businesses, they acquired wealth. And that was stolen from them or they were blocked from opportunities. You know, uh, so so Sandy Darity, I like I like what he's doing because he understands where the bodies are buried, just like Dr. Claude Anderson. If you read Dr. Anderson's book, The Black History Reader or Dirty Little Secrets, he points to all those things that they'll never teach you in public school because public schools, uh, unfortunately, are addicted to this false narrative that. Because we stopped beating up and killing black people and because we stopped doing terrible things to them, that everything's OK, because we're no longer stabbing the knife in your back. That's the same as pulling the knife out and healing the wound that because we're, we're not running around trying to kill black people the way we did and take all their stuff that, you know, we should just be friends and everything's all right. And uh, and, and you hear I think John Stewart actually was another sort of mainstreamish guy who started talking about the wealth disparity. And this is what I've been saying for many, many years. You guys have been following me. Some of you have been following me as far back as 2006. And I've been saying this for years. You got to talk about the money. You have to talk about the money. You can't talk about the symbolism. You can't talk about the feel good stuff. You can't talk about the, oh, we shall overcome and let's sit and, and let some politician eat barbecue chicken with the pastor. You got to do Joe Pesci. You got to go Joe Pesci with it. Remember Joe Pesci from Goodfellas? Joe Pesci, you know, he, he said, F you pay me. You know, he said, F you pay me. That that was that was Joe Fel uh, Joe Pesci's most famous line. And uh, and what that means to me is that you have to basically stop taking excuses, man. You got to go gangster with these people. You got to say, look, if you're claiming to be my ally, if you're truly my friend, if you're truly, truly, truly in my corner, if you really have my back and you really, really care about me, if black lives really matter to me, then you should be willing to put your money where your mouth is. Are you writing a check that shows me that you really believe the things that you say you believe? Because if, that, if you don't, if you're not willing to write a check about it or to, to support your idea or to confirm what you're saying to me or to prove your point, then that tells me that you're not really my friend. Because at the end of the day, talk is cheap, man. Talk is cheap. You know, the reason they say talk is cheap is because talk doesn't cost you anything. It costs you nothing to say, I love you. It costs you a lot to prove that you love somebody and sacrifice for that love. So when somebody shows up and says they're my ally, um, you know, I I, I admit, I, I I just, you know, I just go Pesci with him, go Joe Pesci. I'm like, uh, I go gangster. I'm like, okay, well, if you're really my ally, then this is what my community needs. Um, Are you prepared to write a check? Uh, you know, if you're really my ally, then I have documented proof, uh, substantial proof. Dr. Claude Anderson and people like that, their, their contribution to this debate is that they did the research. They wrote the books. Sandy Darity did the work. And I have documented proof that shows that um, over multiple generations, you stole, your community stole trillions of dollars from my community. Are you willing to support uh, various initiatives that will make that right? And if uh, if you get a him and a haul, well, that's just that's not the answer that you're looking for. That tells you everything you need to know. That is not your friend. So 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 basically, um, you know, I I I think when, when I know when it comes to politicians, uh, I said something. Tariq Nasheed had an event where he was doing a reparations rally, and I spoke at that rally, and uh, I just said, no reparations, no vote, no reparations, no vote. 
you know, I know you uh, maybe think that's that's extreme. Maybe that hurts your feelings. But uh, one of the things you'll learn about negotiation is that uh, in some negotiations, you have to drive a hard bargain and push the limitations of goodwill in order to get what you truly deserve. Sometimes you have to like NFL players, sometimes uh, in, 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 uh, Emmett Till. Oh, not Emmett Till, I'm sorry. Not even y'all know who Emmett Till is. Emmett Smith, not Emmett Till. Emmett Smith, who played for the Dallas Cowboys, had a situation where Jerry Jones didn't want to pay him. Jerry Jones uh, hemmed and hawed and made excuses. Well, you know, the salary cap and blah, 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 blah. And we'll try to get the money, da, da, da. Just play and it'll be okay. He tried to do to him what Joe Biden does to the black community when he gets elected, like when they did that to Ice Cube. But they told Ice Cube, and we, Ice uh, Cube and I talked about it, and they basically told him, well, just just go and, and, and just vote for, you know, give, give us your support, and then we'll talk about this stuff after the election, right? That's a sucker move, right? They, and they never called him back after the election. But uh, that's what Jerry Jones tried to do to Emmett Smith. So you know what Emmett Smith did was he sat out of the season. Uh, some of y'all that know were Cowboys fans or football fans 25, 30 years ago remember this. He sat out. The Cowboys had just won a Super Bowl, and they were the top team in the league. Emmett Smith sat out for, I think, two or three games. They got their butts kicked all two or three of those games. Like, they were a whole different team without Emmett Smith. And you know what happened on the third day? They were pissed at him. They, they were complaining. They were saying he's not a team player. But guess what? He got that money. He got that money because he wasn't afraid to put it on the line. He wasn't afraid to say no money, no relationship, no money, no friendship, no money, no support, no nothing. You'll get it when you pay me. Well, I personally think that in the next election, in future elections, there should be factions of our community that simply say uh, no reparations, no vote. Uh, and they say, well, no, oh, you got to vote because your ancestors died. No reparations, no vote. Oh, well, you know, we got to get Trump out of office or we're all going to get he's going to kill us all. No reparations, no vote. If you really don't want Trump back in office, then you should probably go ahead and write that check. You better get to you better get to writing because I would hate for you to have to deal with another four years of Donald Trump because um, because you're not you obviously aren't that concerned because you're not writing that check. If you wanted things to change, you could do this right away. And, and don't say you don't have the money because you always have money for things that you want to do. When you want to go bail out banks, you, you got you got trillions to do that. Uh, during the, the COVID pandemic, you were sending multi-million dollar checks to businesses that didn't even ask for the money. Harvard and Yale mailed their checks back because they put 15, 10, 15 million in their bank account during the pandemic. And they said, we don't even need the money. We didn't even ask for the money. But the people who asked for the money, the ones who begged for the money, the ones who need the money could not get the money. So you got money to burn. You printing money like it's going out of style. So don't tell me when it's time for us to get paid that you ain't got no money because I've been watching you. I've been watching how you've been making it rain at the club every single night. You've been throwing money out. You got Ukrainians coming over here by the boatload getting fat checks when they arrive. And you're going to tell me that you're going to put black people at the back of the bus? And you're supposed to be my ally. Well, you're not acting like an ally right now. You're really acting like an enemy. You're acting like an adversary. You're not acting like my friend. You're acting like my foe. You're not acting like a supporter. You're acting like a hater. And I don't really, I have to I think we have to question this friendship, this relationship. Now, again, get mad at me because if you think I'm radical, but I don't think there's anything illogical about anything that I just said. When somebody's screwing you and you keep taking it, then you got to check your own mental health because obviously your self-esteem needs a reevaluation.
Now, I'm going to read a little bit more of this article. Do me a favor. Hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, thumbs up, share, subscribe. Uh, I'm going to be in Houston uh, on the 21st and 22nd. I'm doing a two-day Black Wealth Boot Camp. If you want to join us, just go to voicewatkins.com, my website. You can fly in. Uh, it's going to be amazing. Lots of great networking. Also, the All Black National Convention, uh, we're going to be in Atlanta uh, this fall. Uh, we're almost, we, we're about a week away from securing our hotel. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited to tell you which one it is because I love this hotel. So it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you'd like to join that, you can go to allblacknationalconvention.com or just get information on my website, voicewalkins.com. We have a lot of good stuff, uh, the Black Business School and all that stuff. We have a lot of stuff that's um, in place that can help you. All right. So let me hop in and read some more of this article. Okay. So uh, according to Sandy Darity, he says um, that his objective is to eliminate the racial wealth gap in the United States, noting that this would require an expenditure of $14 trillion, which would be distributed evenly across $40 million black Americans. That would be $350,000 per person. Uh, he says, quote, money would be paid by the federal government. It would be paid by the federal government in the same way in which the federal government has met the expenses that were paid out uh, for the purposes of trying to deal with the, the Great Recession and also, most recently, with the economic downturn associated with the Great Pandemic. There were some on the panel that challenged Darity's plan. Of course they did. Political writer Joshua Ferguson responded, First of all, the U.S. government doesn't have money. All their money comes from taxes. To say you're not going to take it away from people today, you're right. You're going to take it away from future generations, and that's what's going to happen. Okay. Uh, author and civil rights activist Bob Woodson also, see, these are civil rights activists, right? So they, they claim to be your allies, but then as soon as you start asking for money, they start uh, telling you why you don't deserve any. Uh, he criticized the plan. He said, I cannot think of any group of people who have been made wealthy by just transferring money to them. So he's basically kind of saying that if we give a bunch of money out to black people, they're just probably going to waste it anyway, because uh, wealth is a mindset and they don't have the right mindset, et cetera, right? Now, first off, let's evaluate that comment for a minute because, you know, financial psychology, that's my thing. So I'm about to I'm about to go Dr. Boyce on it real quick. So let's be honest right now. How many of y'all give me a yes if you believe that there are some people in the community, if you gave them a check, a big check for two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Um, it would not be a stimulus plan for the black community. It would be a stimulus plan for the Gucci store. Uh, you know, Air Jordans would see a bump in and a massive increase in sales. There would be uh, a, a, a substantial rise in the amount of money being put in stripper thongs. Uh, you would see, um, you know, like the rise in, in expenditures on color TVs and there would suddenly be a Cadillac in every driveway or every other driveway. Right. How many of y'all really just just be honest. Right. There's some people that just they're going to get the money. It's going to make you cringe. They're going to just do some stuff where you're like, Lord Jesus, the slave culture is real. The slave mentality does exist. Give me a yes. And let's acknowledge that. Let's talk about that. Right. OK. So we know that's a problem. So we know that economic intelligence and financial literacy is at, at the utmost of the utmost importance in this whole process, that that us collectively doing what we can or what we need to do to get our people, as many of our people as possible on the right uh, frequency financially is critically important to making this thing succeed, right? We know these things. So here's where I'm going to step in and make this point. Now, what's interesting to me, though, is that when I read this article, and I'm going to give you just a preview of what, what was further down the article. I'm not going to keep reading it, but I'm going to tell you what Dr. Phil did. Dr. Phil kind of came in with that same debate. He said, um, you know, people aren't going to get wealthy if you just go give them a bunch of money. Those same people, a few months later, when you come back, they'll be broke again. And that is true. If you have a poverty mindset, chances are somebody gives you a bunch of money. You just will keep doing 
stuff that poor people do with their money, you're going to be broke, right? I, I get that. But don't you find it interesting that uh, that 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 people show all this concern for black people when it's time for them to pay up? They show all this concern like, well, we're really concerned that if we give you the money, you're going to blow it because we know black people aren't that smart. Like, do you, do you ever notice that? Like that weird paternalism, almost like they're your parents. Like, like I'm and, and I'm looking at them like, well, since when did you have all this concern? about my my economic or spiritual or psychological conditioning at, at what point did you have all this concern for me what at what point did suddenly black money matters to you now because it didn't matter to you when i told you that my business was drowning during the pandemic uh, it didn't matter to you when i told you that the whole hood was on fire and that kids are being killed and the daddies are being shipped to prison to to, to concentration camps like like jews during the holocaust uh, it didn't matter to you when i told you about the fact that you got 55 public schools in the city of chicago where there's not one single child not one single child not one single child who can read or do math at grade level that didn't matter to you there was no concern there there's no concern but suddenly when i show up and, and i do a joe pesci on you and i say if you pay me, suddenly it's like, well, you know, we got to make sure black people don't just waste the money because, well, you know what? I, again, I, that's when I just go pesky again. It's like, what I do with my money is none of your goddamn business. What I do with my money, that's my business. That's our business. Our financial literacy, our economic intelligence, we got that. We have experts in the community that can teach those who want to learn how to manage money. We have stock market experts who can teach us whatever we need to know. We have real estate experts all over the place. You know, the Julian Gordons and others that, that can teach us all about real estate. We have experts on how to start a, a business. We have experts on anything you have experts on. We got experts too. The difference is that you pay attention to your experts and put your experts on TV. You ignore our experts and, and fill your TV screens up with rappers and strippers and, and, and Negroes acting a damn fool. You don't pay attention to black experts. You act like they don't exist. Intelligent black people don't exist. So you fill the screens up with ignorance. And then everybody thinks, well, that's how those people behave. That's how those people act. Because you're hiding all the smart people and you're putting the dumbasses on television because you have a certain view of us as a people. You put us in this weird box. So what I'm saying to you is, you know, you can keep your compassion and shove it up your ass. I don't need I don't need any concern or empathy from you. Just write me my check. Just F you pay me. F you pay me. Pay me my money. Don't I I worry about that. If I if I want to take my money and use it for toilet paper, that's my damn business. Because you ain't never ever asked no other group that was paid reparations. You've never said, well, we can't give reparations to the Japanese because you know if we give them that money, they're gonna be broke in six months. No, you owe something when you owe people money. You don't have a right to say, well, I'm not going to pay you back because I'm worried about what you're going to do with the money. I'm a grown ass man. I am not a child. And What are you talking about? But that's the thing, though. We know we know the game. We know that this is not legitimate concern. Uh, this is eh, this is selective compassion. <laughs> we need you all to go get the jab because we're so worried about all the black people dying from the virus. When you wonder where black people been dying every single day since slavery, and you ain't never worried about it till it came time for Merck and, and, and Pfizer to make billions of dollars. That's when you start worrying about it. You start putting black people in your commercial. Well, you know, for our generational legacy, for you know, to preserve our generational legacy and our people, we all gotta go make sure we're safe and go get the are you serious right now? 
Like you're really like really now you're trying to play this card that you have some sort of concern for black people when every single time we line up and say these are our list of concerns, you walk right past the list, you don't read it, you don't pay attention. I actually am not my feelings are not hurt by that because I I I knew from the beginning that you didn't care. And I don't expect you to care. I don't believe any ethnic group cares that much about any other ethnic group. I don't believe Chinese people sit around trying to figure out how Arab people are going to eat. I don't believe that Mexican people sit around and wonder how the Jewish community is doing. So this idea that somehow we are uh, sitting here expecting white people or anybody to care about us is weird. It's very weird. Michael Jackson had that song. They don't really care about us. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. They don't. <laughs> Why should they? Why should they care about it? Because I don't care about them, right? I ain't worried about I ain't trying to save their kids. They ain't saving mine. That's my job. My job to saving my people, saving my kids is my job. It ain't their job. So, so, so stop it, man. Stop it. So part of stopping the process of them treating you like a child is also conditioned on you stopping this idea of acting like a child. For them to stop treating you like a kid, you must stop showing up as a kid. So you show up as a grown-ass man, a grown-ass woman. We got this. Just write the check. We got, no, 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 we don't need, no, no, we don't want the money to go toward more public schools. Y'all done jacked up the public schools. Our kids are coming out there, can't even read, don't even know who the hell they are. Give us the money. We'll get the educators and we will build the schools. Uh, no, no, we don't want to. No, we don't want more jobs. Stop it, Al Sharpton. Stop campaign. Stop, stop marching for jobs. No, we don't want jobs. We want businesses. We got business owners. Give them a few billion dollars to, and watch what they build. Watch what watch what black people, intelligent black people. I'm talking about intelligent black people who want what's best for the community. Watch what they build if you write them billion dollar check. Watch what Dr. Boyce Watkins can create if he's got a billion dollars in the bank to go build. Look, look, watch what the black business school becomes when I've got a billion dollar endowment. Come on now. Seriously, or watch what happens when we get a bunch of land, when you give us uh, a 10,000, 100,000, uh, 300,000 acres of land. Watch what we create on that land when we pull together all the black people with all the skill in the world, all the plumbers and mechanics and carpenters and everybody else who's got a skill and we all build together. We're going to build. We're not just going to build something adequate. We're going to build something better than anything you've ever seen in your life. Because, yes, we know that we've got some people that are a little bit behind. We've got some people that are a little bit lost. We've got some people who are a little bit codependent on the system. But let me tell you this. The secret weapon that we have is that intelligent black people are the baddest motherfuckers on the planet. Intelligent black people, if given the resources, can do anything that smart white people can do, except the difference is that we can do it better because we've always had to do more with less. Do you understand how I was able to reach 10 million people to, to, to train them on investing with literally no financial backing whatsoever? None. I got no backing. I built this with my bare hands, with the, the money from my paycheck. I would I took take a nickel and turn it into a dollar. I took a dollar and turned it into fifty dollars. I took a thousand, turn it into a million. So so we know how to do this. So you give us the resources, you give us what you owe us. You do right and write that damn check. At that point, I need you to step out of the conversation. I don't want a Goldman Sachs conversation. Goldman Sachs is funding $2 billion for black woman-owned businesses, and I guarantee you they're going to be all up in the Kool-Aid. 
that little that that, that they, they little Goldman Sachs penises are gonna be all up in the Kool-Aid like this, just stirring the Kool-Aid, constantly controlling what you can say, controlling what you can do, always to telling you what kind of business you need to run, how you need to market, and what's appropriate and what's not, canceling people. That's what they do. So, so the only way I would take any money like that is if you do one thing, I need you to do one thing. I don't need, no, no, no. I don't need your expertise. I don't need your moral support. I don't need you to tell me that black lives matter. I, I don't need none of that. You know what I need you to do? I need you to shut the fuck up, write the check. Just like, okay, take your pink figure, your, your index finger and your thumb and put it around the pen. And I need you to write the check and then give me the check and I'm going to make sure it clears. And then I need you to like step out. I need you to go away now. I need you to go over there. I, we're, we're going we're going to be building now. And, 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 and this is what I need you to understand, because I think that as black people, I think we have to really get past this idea that in order for us to do something extraordinary, we need uh, somebody else's approval to do that. Um, but I need you to stop believing that in order for us to be great, we need somebody else to recognize it and acknowledge it. Stop believing that you need that, that their consultation, their expertise, their guidance. You, you don't need that. You just need your money back. That's it. You need to be willing. And again, this is really a sacrifice for future generations. Our generation has to a contribution we can make besides what we're already doing, building businesses, educating each other, loving each other, supporting each other, is we need to be willing to fight that battle to get what is owed to us and have backs that are stiff enough to say that just like just like you had, uh, you know, in the civil rights movement. See, here's the thing. I've told you that I believe the civil rights movement did not work, but it's not because the people there were bad or, or that they were terrible or that they did something wrong. I think they I forgive them for they know not what they do. I really do. But but here's the thing. The same courage that they had during the civil rights movement where they could go into a Walgreens or into a, a drugstore and sit at the counter. And the police come in and say, no Negroes allowed in this store. And then they they whack them and they, they, they just sit there with the back stiff and straight and they get whacked upside the head and they still sit there. And then they the next thing you know, they bleeding all over the counter, but they still sit there. They don't move like that same courage to kind of stick to your guns, no matter what they do to you. We got to tap into that. That's what I'm, I'm going to tap into that. Whatever it was that let you sit there and get your ass beat just so you could go buy a, a banana split at the at, at a white man's business. I need you to take that same energy and have that same determination and that same fortitude when it comes to standing up to your alleged allies on this issue of reparations. I need you to stiffen your back. I need you to say, no, I'm sorry. I'm not. No, no reparations, no vote. Well, you know, if we don't get if Trump, we got to get Trump out of office. No reparations, no vote. Uh, well, you know, we we uh, you know, you're, you're going to ruin it. You're, you're disrespecting your ancestors when you don't. No, no, no reparations, no vote. You know, uh, well, you know, we're, 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 we're upset with you and, and blah, 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 blah. we're going to we're going to cancel and blackball you and blah, blah, blah. You don't know how many times I got canceled by simply telling black people to do what was best in your best interest. I literally had that. I told you about the whole situation with Ebony Magazine <laughs> when, when my friend worked there. She was so surprise she said you pissed off somebody at ebony with whatever you said because they said we would not publish anything from dr boyce Watkins. i don't think it still applies now but I, now i don't care it's, uh, they can publish if they want to but seriously but literally they, they literally got mad at me because i said i'm not i'm i'm not i'm not i'm not you're not talking to a powder puff negro i'm not going to go along with something just because everybody else is doing it because i don't believe that what everybody else is doing is actually successful 
I will go along with people that have ideas that I believe can actually succeed. The people that I believe in are the people that are really doing the work. The people that I want to see funded are the people that are actually in the community that are really spending time with those black boys and giving them some guidance because their daddies are not around. I want to so I want to see money go to those mothers who are really loving those kids and doing whatever they can. I want to see money go to those teachers who are buying school supplies for the little kids from the hood because they can't afford it and the school board ain't giving them enough money to do it. I want to see that money go to those black business owners who are taking pride in starting their own little establishments and doing the best they can with what they've got. I want to see that money really go to the people that really have the solutions. And the reason I know you have the solutions is because you were able to make a dollar out of 15 cents. You were able to do something with nothing. Freedom Home Academy International in Chicago. Shout out to Marcus Klein because Marcus Klein has created a school that educates black kids so well that I bet I bet a ton of those kids could go to Harvard if they wanted to. And he ain't getting no funding from nobody. Write him, write that man a hundred million dollar check so he can take that that black excellence that he has, take that black girl magic, that black boy magic that they have put in a bottle at Freedom Home Academy International and let him spread that to the world. There should be a Freedom Home Academy International school in every single city across this country. So, so if you really want to help me, write the damn check and get the hell up out of the way. I don't need your assistance. I don't need your guidance. I don't need your unsolicited advice on what you think is an appropriate way for me to use this money. So what? We are the stewards of our community, not the people on TV. And the sooner we get that through our thick heads, the, the sooner we will be successful. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to close out on this issue. If you could, please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up. As I told you guys, we're building black media. So your help is really, really beneficial here. Um, I think that... Um, the one thing I would add to what Sandy Darity said, I think Sandy Darity gave a great presentation on uh, the Dr. Field show. I think that his statement, just starting the conversation about 14 trillion, I think that that's the right number. Um, I think that it, it's great to have that part as part of the national dialogue. Um, I appreciate anybody that is doing that because, you know, as you know, Dr. Claude Anderson has been doing that for years. And there were people like Kanye West and Ice Cube who reached out to me uh, because they wanted to spread Dr. Anderson's message. And every little bit is beneficial. Every little piece is helping. And uh, Charlemagne the God, uh, even Diddy. You know, they, so there, there are a lot of people that have um, helped in this battle. Uh, so I think at this point, what we do is uh, we, we, we stick to our guns. Keep the conversation going. Don't let them get away from the conversation. And the only piece I'm going to add in there is that Darity said that he thinks the federal government should pay the tab. And I do agree. The federal government owes a big chunk of that tab. But do not forget that there are thousands of institutions in this country that benefited from slavery. There are thousands of institutions in this country that got wealthy off of money that was stolen from black people. So the federal government doesn't have to pay the tab by itself. Uh, you can even go to institutions like the Catholic Church and look at their role in slavery. Uh, the Jewish community, you're our allies. You got all them banks. You know y'all were making money during the slave trade. Don't even act like you didn't participate. Give me a damn break. Uh, you have If you go to major cities and you see all that real estate, all those billion, hundred million, billion dollar buildings, you know, all these railroads, universities, like all these institutions coming together 
can actually lighten the load on the federal government. I think that any institution that is truly sorry for slavery should write a check that's big enough to truly make a difference and, and get that money directly to people who were affected. Don't just do stupid stuff and say, oh, we're going to give a discount on tuition or we're going to, you know, we're going to just, you know, get, put a little statue up. No, no, no. You have to write real checks with real money so people can do real stuff. There should be no black business owner in this country that can't get at least a quarter million dollars of funding for their business. There should be no black child growing up in this country that can't instantly get funding to go buy a home whenever they're ready to do that with the down payment included. Black Maybe black people should not have to pay taxes or that our tax bill should be reduced by 80, 90 percent. That would be a good start. Um, I don't know. We can do a lot of things. There are lots of things we can do that I think would... Um, would make at least give people a fighting chance, right? Uh, so, uh, so I encourage you just keep the conversation going. Uh, shout out to Sandy Darity for uh, doing this. I think this is a, a great moment in terms of mainstream television. You guys have been knowing about this, uh, you know. And I think any white person watching, if you really want to be an ally, then act like a damn ally. Stop acting like our parents. Stop trying to tell us what's best for us. S start listening. Start really listening. And write the damn check. Cut the check. If you don't, if you you know, either cut the check or cut the crap. I think you know, if, if you can't cut the check, then cut the crap. I, you're not my friend anymore. You can't steal from people for hundreds of years, destroy everything they have, watch their community burn down, and then show up like everything's cool. It ain't cool. You're not my friend right now if you don't understand what, what we're dealing with, what we're going through, and the mess we're trying to clean up. So just cut the check and then shut up. All right, I got to go, guys. Do me a favor. Please hit the thumbs up button. Thumbs up, share, subscribe. I do have a new book. Um, I didn't mention it yet. It's a new book called The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power. It is on Amazon. Um, and by the way, uh, I want to give credit to the man who uh, I think is responsible for the vast majority of the reparations conversations in this country, Dr. Claude Anderson. There he is. Uh, so shout out to Dr. Anderson. I think this is a great moment for him. I'm going to talk to him about this when we talk on the phone. And uh, my new book, The Ten Commandments of Black Economic Power, is available on Amazon. It's a bestseller now. So I want to say thank you so much for supporting it. If you get a copy, if you could leave a review, I'd appreciate it. The reviews are very, very good, and they're very, very helpful in us achieving the mission. Uh, lastly, but but last but not least, I'm going to be in Houston um, this weekend for Black Wealth Boot Camp for two straight days. So if you'd like to join us in Houston, just go to BoyceWatkins.com, and you can take a look. Also, we have financial flashcards and workbooks for kids. If you want to teach wealth to your children, uh, the Black Business School, we reach, um, we've reached over 10 million people and taught them how to invest. And I'm very, very proud of this institution. So, and we, we even have the first ever black financial therapy department where we've actually partnered with the best black therapists to deal with things like financial trauma, financial anxiety, uh, you know, financial insecurity, things like that, so that we can actually heal properly. So that when those reparations checks come in, We'll be ready to really do the right thing and really build the legacy we deserve because we're the best. Can't nobody stop us. We're meant to be on top. We are the winners. Let's go win. So God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day and uh, I will see you all very, very soon. Take care now. Peace. Here we are, clan the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money in the power, never be fake. Stick to co-sign for three. What did he say? Uh, create jobs, support our own. Educate the same and buy back your home. Got three degrees. 
Triple ten. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN. DBTV, let's talk about negligence. Ignorance is bliss, but we can turn into intelligence. Please, none of what you hear, half of what you see. Let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV. Here we are.